When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion, the podcast which covers cricket and horse racing. If you are a regular listener of the show, you will now be familiar with Ron Hutchinson, the famous Australian jockey, now 95, who first rode back in the 1940s. In today's show, Ron answered questions from some major horse racing names like John Gorton, Richard Pittman and Chris Pitt, all previous guests of the show. As ever, Ron was in remarkable form as we chatted about his racing around the world from Singapore, Melbourne, Ali Pali, as it was known, and the home of racing, Newmarket. As ever, with Ron, you are in for a treat. Enjoy the next 20 minutes. Right, I've got some questions from some, from some people now, right? Yeah. So uh, you'll, you'll be fine with these. First one is from a friend of mine called Shane Meany, who was the racing yeah. manager for Racing New South Wales. And, oh, yeah. and he asked for your thoughts on riding in Singapore and the shock news that the course is going to close in October 2024 after 180 years of racing. Yeah, yeah, well, big, a big disappointment, Steve. Well, uh, I, I spent uh, well, four, nearly three years in uh, in Singapore and Malay racing, and I enjoyed it very, very much. It was good racing and good tracks, and uh, I was quite surprised when I heard that um, that Singapore, especially Singapore, because it was very vibrant and uh and well a lot of people enjoyed themselves there and uh it was good racing and it was a good place to be at that particular i was at, i retired from racing in england when i i went uh, uh to ride in uh, malaya and i'd uh, turned 50 years of age and i spent the next three years riding in malaya and uh, as i say i enjoyed it and i was quite surprised when i heard it was um it was going to close. It'll be a disappointment, you know. Right, my next one is from Jeff Lester, who was a freelance journalist and broadcaster with the Sporting Life, 
the racing post the racing channel mm-hmm. and he he asked me how much did it hurt losing the derby ride on charlottetown in 1966 oh. after getting beat in the lingfield derby trial that's right well i remember that very very well to be honest oh yeah i remember that very well yeah that was a very unfortunate thing for me but from my point of view because uh charlottetown had uh, i think he had uh, some uh, feet troubles or foot troubles that uh, uh <clears throat> when uh, as a two-year-old after he was uh, before he started the racing and of course he couldn't he was a bit underdone and uh, unfortunately for me, I got too far back on him in the, in the uh, Linkfield Derby trial. And uh, I came home sort of a million mile an hour. He ran second to Black Prince. And uh, anyway, I thought I thought he was got a great chance in the Derby. But uh, a week or so, a week I was, about a week before the Derby, I, I got a telephone uh, call. Um, and it said, uh, uh, Hutchinson, uh, it's... Yeah, Werner speaking. Uh, he said, "We've come to the the unanimous opinion that you don't get on the horse uh, well with the horse." And he said, "You won't be riding him in the Derby." And hung up. I hung up. I never had a time. Never had time to give him a thought or say what happened or anything like that. So the next thing, I I was just so disappointed, and, and uh, I rang Old Scope, Old Scope Beasley. I said, "What do you think they've done to Old Scope?" He said, I know, he says, and I'm riding it. So, unfortunately, that's how the situation was for Charlotte, who went on to win, and he beat a horse called Patron at that time, and uh, Mr Lilly, who owned Patron, wanted me desperately to ride Patron in the in the race, but, of course, I couldn't because I was re- retained by Gordon Smythe at the time, and I couldn't ride it. So I had a boat disappointment because I'd won the... Uh, the Observer Gold Cup on uh, on uh, uh, Patron, and he was a very promising, good two-year-old, good horse. And uh, so Paul Cook rode him and ran second. So I was doubly disappointed, really. So never forget it. No, sounds like it, and, and I can understand yeah. why. And the and the telephone conversation you had uh, very abrupt, wasn't it? Yeah, very, very, very much so. Yeah, I never. I can assure you, I didn't have any time to think, think about it or give an answer. It was just, just uh, over and out as such, you know. So disappointing, but never mind. That's life. Right. My next question is from Richard Pittman, um, leading national yeah. hunt jockey, worked for the BBC for over thirty-five yeah. years, and yes. uh, he sends his his kind regards to start with. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh, he he asked, "How do you think riding styles have changed since your day?" Oh gee, well now that's a question. Yeah, in my time, of course, uh, you know the minimum weights were uh, uh, starting off uh, at uh, six and seven, which is I think it's about forty-one kilos. If I which that was the minimum weight in the handicaps out here in in Australia, and. Uh, uh so you had to be a very very tiny uh little man or jockey to to ride that weight you know and now of course is the weight uh, the weight's gone from 41 kilos now to what uh, 54 53 kilos a minimum well in my time the if you rode 50 54 uh kilos you were considered a jump jockey 
So, um, so that's how the difference is. And of course, in also trainers were six foot tall and jockeys were set five foot three. Now the jockeys are five foot five foot ten or six foot or six foot nearly some of them. And uh, and it's, it's all changed, you know. It's, 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 the style has all changed, you know? so it's all different. It's all t- totally different. Yeah. Have you got a jockey you admire yourself today? Uh, uh, here in Australia. Well, worldwide. Uh, uh, oh well, worldwide. Well, of course, I I I uh, follow the racing here in uh, in Victoria. There's a very good rider, I think, here, a fellow called Blake Shin. He's a young a uh, young man. He rides very extremely well. And uh, Damien Oliver, he's he's got on you know now he's getting near a retiring age, but he still gives them a good ride. Uh, there's a couple of girls here that ride quite well. A, a girl called Jamie Carr rides well, and uh, a little girl in uh, in in uh, Sydney rides well. Uh, Rachel King, I think her name is. They ride very or oh, extremely well. Another girl called Linda Meach, yeah, she's quite good too. So you know, as I say, in my time, the girls weren't even allowed to work in the stables, let alone be a jockey. So, as you can imagine, it's, it's all new to me. Yeah, Royal Ascot this year, we had three winners for uh, Holly Hello. Doyle, Holly Doyle, yes. and Hayley Turner rode a winner as well. That's right, Jed. Yes, you rode. I watched that on the other night uh, when, because uh, I'm very, very good friends of Terry Henderson, the owner of uh, Docklands, and I watched it very, very closely, and she gave it a good ride. And the same as Holly Doyle, she's there. They're, they're, they're quite good. They can make horses go, which was which is great. It's great, for, and you can just imagine all those little girls that uh, work in in the pony club uh, with their ponies, and they'll they'll want to be a Holly, a Holly Doyle, or a Jamie Carr when they grow up. So it's all very good for racing, as far as women is concerned. Do you remember Richard Pittman on the BBC and and riding yes. as well? Yes, I didn't know him all that well. Uh, 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 personally, but uh, I knew uh, knew him, of course. And uh, but my uh, admiration over there at that particular time was Johnny Franklin. I thought Johnny Johnny Franklin Franklin was a great. He was he was a, he was a flat jockey. He was a real. He had style. He was had courage. He always went the short way. I was very uh, most impressed with Johnny Franklin. Yeah, very good. But there was Terry Bidicom. Dave Dick, they were all pretty good jockeys in my time too. You know, when I when I used to watch racing, it's good. Did and you ever have a race like, over hurdles? No, no, my heart wouldn't have been there. God, I couldn't have, wouldn't have. No, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have had the courage for them to to jump the horses over in racing for sure. Mm. And your your who would be the greatest jockey? Leicester, Scobie Breezley. Well, uh, look, Scobie, Scobie was my idol from the work from my time I started off as a jockey in, the, in my teens, and I always, always admired Scobie. And uh, and not only as a jockey but as a person, we became very good friends throughout. And he took me under his wing as a young boy. And uh, my I would give Scobie my uh, my number one, but Lester, without a doubt. Yeah, uh, he was he was strong. He was keen, cool, calm, and collected, 
and a good thinker in a race. Uh, very, very good. But he, there's a, there were, over in England, that's a bit different. Joe Mercer was a good jockey. Jeff Lewis, you know, he's a personal friend of mine, great jockey too. So, you know, over the, over the time, you know, with Leicester and in, uh, in England, Yves Saint Martin in uh, France, you know, they're, they're, they're all top jockeys, real top jockeys. And uh, I'm very honoured to be there, been having ridden with them. So it was very great. Ron has been my guest on episodes 142, 143 and 205. Here's a short clip of our chat in episode 142 when he recalled riding the winner of the 1966 Goodwood Cup for Queen Elizabeth II. Hmm. And just keeping on a royal theme, uh, you also rode some winners for the Queen as well. Yes, yes. I, as a matter of fact, I, my very first ride uh, for the Queen, I, uh, as one called uh, at Lingfield, uh, Captain Boyd Rochford, I was able to ride, ride for him, or he asked me to ride uh, a horse called Orbiston, which was um, owned by the Queen, of course, and uh, and luckily enough, it won. And then I was lucky enough to ride the Goodwood Cup winner for her on Galloway. Galloway uh, at uh, Goodwin, and one of the you know the Goodwood meetings in August, which was a great thrill and yes, great honour. So, you know, to ride for Her Majesty. Right, I've got. Two or three more. Uh, I've got one from Chris Pitt. He's an author and racing historian. His home course was Birmingham. What do you remember about riding at Birmingham? Yes, lovely big course. Yeah, long course, long straights at most of the top races in England. Yeah, Birmingham was there. I had quite a lot of of luck at Birmingham. It was great. Good. And as I say, the the track and, and Birmingham race course is great. Very good. That closed in 1965. You also rode at Hurst Park, which closed yes. in 1962, and Lincoln, yeah. which closed in yes. 1964. Yeah, well, yeah. And uh, what, what year did uh, Ali Pelly, Alexander Park? What, I think that what, closed what? about 71, I think. It was it? Yeah, well, well, that was a unique track too, uh, uh, Pally Pally, as it was called. And... Uh, because uh, you know you, uh, the mile start would be in, at the winning post, down the straight, around the turn, and then up for a mile, uh, up to the winning post. And if it was a mile and five, you started the same down, and you went twice around the loop, and then up to back to the winning post. It was a, a unique race course, you know. I think it was very popular too with the people who were from London. It was pretty close to close to the centre of London, so everybody. Yeah, that used to be great meetings there for sure. Mm. It was a bit of a tight course, wasn't it, Ali Pally? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It was around the around the loop, as they were you would call it, the flying pan, as they used to call it in those days. Yeah, around the pan, you go around twice for a. Uh, yeah, I've I've been. Uh, I remember Lester Lester uh, uh, coming back from France, and uh, and he was riding something that was pretty good, and. Uh, he, uh, he, he he nearly went around the wrong wrong. He was going to go around the wrong one. They all shouted out, "Lester, another round!" Sort of the jockeys told, and of course he went around, led all the way. Of course, it won. You know the one that he rode. So it, it <clears throat> but it, it was a very tight, very tight, as you say, very tight track. I've got a question now from a, a 
a former jockey, John Gorton, who uh, oh, yes. John he won the Oaks in 1969. He now lives in Borneo, and he asked, mm. really for us listeners, really about your memories of the the jockey room, the the weighing room, the characters in the weighing room. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, there was a lot of atmosphere in the in the jockey's room in those days. You know, the the the, <coughs> the valets were all all pals of one another, and we were all pals of them. And and uh, the, as I say, the the little banter between you know sort of Frankie Durr or Jimmy Lindley or or Joe Mercer or Jeff Lewis or you know it was, it was all it was all. Great. I enjoyed it very, very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you they, were made uh, welcome yeah. as an Australian. I was, yes. I, I think I was only one. Well, there was only one jockey that didn't like. I don't think I was. It was old E.P. Uh, Smith. He, uh, I don't think. I don't think he liked me very well. But uh, anyway, that was by the by the way. Anyway. Now I've yeah. got a question for myself. Now you you never won the Melbourne Cup. No, no, is that a big regret of yours? Yes, it certainly was. I ran second uh, uh, to the on a horse called Grand Prince uh, way back in I think it was in ninety sixty one. I ran uh, ran second and uh, great. Uh, he turned out to be a pretty good horse, Grand Prince. But anyway, I was unlucky enough to run second. Uh, I ran third a couple of times on Pandy Sun and uh, Morse Code. Uh, they uh, they gave me good rides and uh, but uh, I was unfortunately uh, yeah from Australia's jockey point of view it's like uh, English jockey wanted to win the Derby well Melbourne Cup is the Australian equivalent and uh, Tyker uh, so every jockey wanted to win the Melbourne Cup so unfortunately old Scobie won the Melbourne Cup or George Moore and they were champion jockey so uh, I'm not the only one. So yeah. when you rode in the UK, did you go back to Melbourne to ride in the Melbourne Cup? Or yes, yes, yeah. I did. I used to, I used to go back, you know, during the winter time, uh, like you know, over there, and when the racing closed down, I'd come back and uh, ride uh, ride here in Melbourne. Or well, I used to go to Western Australia in those days because those uh, in the seventies, uh, uh, Western Australian racing was was pretty big. Uh, there was the uh, the mining boom over there with the uh, the uh, uh, precedent uh, mine was going good, and there was there was a lot of money being uh, being you know, thrown around in those days in racing, you know, and it was booming in uh, at, at that at that in the Christmas around the Christmas time, and uh, and it was it was really it was it was first class racing in those days in Perth, and uh, luckily uh, I had a few winners there. I had a few winners and. Uh, so I used to enjoy it very much. Did you yeah. like the challenges of riding at Newmarket? Oh, very much so. Yeah, well, it was a it's a wide open spaces and up in the hill and down dale type of thing. But but it was a well, you know, certainly a great race course in July Cup. Uh, of course, was a, a bit different to the one on the two thousand guineas. Uh, they're a bit different, but um, both great race courses, for sure. And were they happy days when you spent in Newmarket? Oh, yeah. Well, every day was a happy day for me in England when I was over there. Every I enjoyed every every moment when in uh, 
uh, everything was different, you know, as you know, there's so many races run, uh, whether you're up <coughs> riding at Brighton or you're riding at Wolverhampton. It's uh, every day is different and um, and every situation is different. And, and, and but to uh, be riding there for seven days a week, um, it was uh, it was on all all go. That was uh, uh, you never had a dull moment as far as I'm concerned. It was because you rode great. for you rode for Jack Jarvis and Harry Rag, I think, in Newmarket. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I did. I was retained by Jack Jarvis, and I was trained by Harry Rag and Jeff. Jeff, of course, I was I was with and his wife Trisha. I spent a lot of time with them traveling around. Uh, well, we went to you know sort of Italy and Germany and all those sort of things. So, well, I've got some very happy memories of uh, Jeff and uh, and Trish's wife. Yeah, but you love the love the atmosphere of Newmarket with all the horses. Well, yeah, well, it's a it's a it's a real horsey town, isn't it, Newmarket? And in those days, of course, the you know the strings would come out at you know eight o'clock in morning in the morning, and it was uh, it was just a as if to ride work there was exciting uh and um and you know great harry rag had some very nice horses and so jack jarvis i rode some very good nice horses for mr john Phillip, uh jim phillips and uh yeah they're very good horses great nephew they're all good nice horses that's all from ron in our q a special thanks to ron 96 in december and to his son Peter, a Group 1 winning jockey, who arranged the interview. Thanks again for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google or Spotify. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.